I'm beginning a series called Love That Never Fails and talking about trusting God's love for us. Of course, it is Valentine's Day. I don't know about you, but growing up for me, Valentine's Day was different um, in the fact that my parents uh, owned a flower business and uh, owned a flower shop and two or three flower shops that they were connected to. And Valentine's Day was always uh, all about roses and flowers and delivering flowers and a lot of work on my behalf. But maybe you had different experiences with concerning Valentine's Day. But to me, you know, when we think of the love that we have, you know, one towards another, and of course, in those romantic type relationships, I can't help but think of the true love that we have from God. And that's found in John 3.16. Notice what it says here in John 3.16, a very classic verse of scripture where it talks about God orchestrating the greatest demonstration of love possible. And it says this, it says, for God so loved the world, notice that. And you could say like this, for God so loved you and I that he gave Jesus his only begotten son. Think about that, especially as a parent, you know, a father giving his child for another person. That, that's, that's supreme love, is it not? And it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 states this. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but notice what he says here. He, he, sent his world, he sent his son into the world to save it. But go back to verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I, I think that's so beautiful. I mean, he could have said a lot of things. The Holy Spirit could have said a lot of things, you know, about, you know, the love of God and, and what love is all about. But love, love here is the giving. And of course, you know, as we celebrate Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day is on a Sunday, you know, you think about the history of Valentine's. And of course, that goes back to uh, St. Valentine. St. Valentine was a uh, martyr of the Christian faith. He was actually killed because... Um, he had prayed, he was a witness for the Lord, of course, but he'd actually prayed for a lady, who, a young girl to receive, who was blind, and she received her sight. And the Romans executed St. Valentine or Mr. Valentine, but before he died, he wrote this note to this woman that he actually prayed for who was healed, and he signed it, Your Valentine. And from that day forward, it's been the Valentines that we always have, and of course, here's my Valentine from Sheila today, and you can't see it, it's top secret. <laughs> so anyway, but my point with all that is it all began with giving, it all, it all began with an act of kindness, an act of, of taking someone who couldn't see to a place of being able to see, all because of the love of God given to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, when you're facing painful battles and life's challenges, you may be tempted, like anyone else, to doubt the love of God. You may question the love of God because we don't understand things and don't understand the things of this world. But I've got good news for the next couple of minutes. We can find this trust in trusting God's love. It's not only applicable to where we are today, but it's something that we can live by as we go forward in every day. I just want to share with you three simple things today as far as the love of God. Over in the book of Ephesians, I want to talk about how the love of God is reasonable. Ephesians chapter 2, notice what it says here. Ephesians 2 verse 9 number four. This is a classic uh, outline of the love of God. And just listen to what it says here, talking about how God's love is reasonable. What do you mean by reasonable, Pastor Brian? I'm going to show you here in Ephesians chapter two, verses four, beginning in verse four through 10. It says, for God who is rich in mercy because of his great love for which he loved us. Notice this, God who's rich in mercy, what is he doing? He's given his great love for you and I. For you to say that you were not loved is, is just not the truth because it says right here, he loved 
loved you before you were ever able to be loved. In verse number five, it says, even when we were dead in trespasses, he did what? He made us alive together with Jesus. By grace, you've been saved. And notice what it says in verse number um in verse number six, it says, and raised up, let me read it again. But God, who's rich in mercy because of his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Jesus. By grace, you've been saved and been raised, and we've been raised up together, made, sit, made to sit together in the heavenly places in whom? In Jesus, this person that he gave for you and I. And notice it says that in the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of what? His grace and his kindness towards Jesus. That's so interesting to me. Some people think that the love of God stopped for you and I just because or at the time that he gave Jesus. Yes, it, that was the ultimate gift of love, was it not? I mean, to love you and I before we ever existed. And yet at the same time, it says right here that in the ages to come, that means moving forward, that this love, this kindness will be shown to us. This grace will be demonstrated to you and I in Jesus Christ. And it says, here's the key thing. By grace, you've been saved through faith. And that's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Everybody say the gift of God. Say the gift of God with me there on on. Line. It's the gift of God. It's not, and it clarifies it here in the next verse. It says in verse number nine, not of works lest any man should boast, for we're his workmanship created in Jesus for good works, which God before God prepared before the time before the beforehand that we should walk that. That means before time ever existed, God created a plan and a purpose for your life. But notice what it says here, not of works, verse number nine, lest any man should boast. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? What do you mean by God's love is reasonable? In the fact that God loves you and I, not based on our performance, but based on his. Isn't that good news? You can't perform your way into the love of God. Now, yes, there are things we need to do. There are things that we're responsible for. But the good news is simply this, that God only wants the best for you and I. His plan is absolutely perfect. And also God has never, listen to me, listen closely to this. God has never and never will harm or hurt you. That is not his plan. That's not his purpose. He will never do that. You say, well, Pastor Brian, what about all these things in the world? What about all these problems? What about all these situations that I see? Well, there's a curse in the earth. There's the curse of the destroyer in the earth, but that is not of God. That is of our enemy, and that's the curse in this world. But as believers, those who've embraced the love of God, embrace his plan and purpose for our lives, know that God is reasonable in his love. Again, we sometimes think that if, if I do all this and if I'm just absolutely perfect, then God will love me. That's just not true. And as a matter of fact, that's a religious lie. You can't perform your way into the love of God because it's already been done. You have a responsibility, yes, but at the same time, you've got to realize his love is unconditional. As a parent, my love is, uh, is, is unconditional as far as I love my children. I have parents that surround me in this room. We have parents that we're associated in this church and grandparents to that level. And the love of God in so many of you is simply unconditional. Yes, you want your children. Yes, you want your grandchildren to do what's right. But yet at the same time, I've seen the mercy and grace of so many of you and so many times that is the love of God coming through you in that situation. Yes, you want them to do what's right. Yes, you're displeased and frustrated and aggravated when they do the wrong thing. Who isn't? 
I mean, we're all disappointed, but that at the same time doesn't change that. I love what one parent said. Well, as far as raising their child, they said, I don't understand what my child is going through right now, but I know that one day that child is going to be everything that I hope for, and I'm not going to give up on that dream to see that, per- that, that child of mine be what they're supposed to be. Isn't that beautiful? That's the love of God, and that's the reasonableness that we have in the Lord. The second thing I want to share with you is that God's love is simply dependable. Turn over here to 1 John chapter 4. You can depend on it. You say, Pastor Brown, what do you mean by dependent? I want to show you something here. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Watch this. I'll show you something here that'll change your life. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Listen to this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not, watch this, verse number 8, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Well, that probably capture everything in Washington, D.C. right now, because they don't love each other at all <laughs> up there. But notice what it says in verse number 9. And this is the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent his only begotten son, this is repeating John 3, 16, and that we, in the world, that we might live through him. Watch this. In this love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or to be the one that represents you and I. He's the mediator between God and I, and between God and us, excuse me, and Jesus is that person. And it says in verse 11, beloved, if God so loved the world, we should also love one another. And guess what? You need to love yourself self. You need to love the fact that God loves you and in you is something special and something divine. As a matter of fact, it says it like this in my outline. It says the love of God is God's nature. It's not his nature to be mean to us. So many people blame God for sin and sickness and tragedy. And and John 10, 10 is very clear. It says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not God. It says that Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. However, so many people judge the sin and the things in this world that that is the acts of God. I'm telling you what, tornadoes are not acts of God. Destroying people are not acts of God. There is a, again, the laws of sin and death and the curse of sin and death in this earth. But the love of God is not that. As a matter of fact, it's against the character of God, as I was talking about you as parents and grandparents. It's against the character of God to go against the love that he has for you and I. Why would he want to harm the very person that he gave his very best for? Think about that. I mean, God's so invested his only begotten son. Why would he want to harm you through your acts of disobedience? Listen, I love what one minister that's a mentor of mine said. If God wanted to get you as far as, you know, punishing you, he had already got you by now, would he not? (laughs) And that's the truth. But uh, the point with all that is the fact that he loves you and I. He is the ultimate parent. I believe God is the greatest parent we could have. I love my parents. I appreciate them. No, they're not perfect, but they were sincere. And in my life, I'm so thankful. A lot of people don't have that. Some people do not experience that. Thank God we have great parents and grandparents in Metroplex Family Church, and we continue to work in that because of the parent, uh, the parental God that we have that gives us the example of being the ultimate parent. I look back in my own life and think, how dependable is the love of God that when I was born again, I shifted from 
being a, a desire in the music industry to be in the ministry. I mean, what a, a jump from being a person that hid behind a drum set to be a person that was out front. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm so thankful that God took me from that one place to the place that I am. And then 10 years later, it's, it's sort of funny in my own life to talk about the love of God being dependable. 1983, I got born again. 1993, I moved from Alabama to Texas. And then in 2003, I, I, I started Metroplex Family Church. It seems like God works in 10 uh, decades or every 10-year cycle or something like that. By the way, I'm not going anywhere in the next 10 years as far as what I'm called to do. I am permanently as far as settled in the fact as far as being the pastor of Metroplex Family Church. My, my point by that is I could depend on God's love. That even though I enjoyed this instrument and this instrument uh, did so many great things for me, you know, I, I can go back in time and look and say, God, you brought me through from the place of, of, of going this way to going into another direction. Your love is dependable. Your love is reliable and your love is reasonable. I know it was in my life and it is for your life if you'll seek first that love. I know I didn't understand everything, but a friend of mine who recently passed away uh, played with Kenny Chesney, the uh, country artist, and played on some particular songs that I've listened to. And it's just a joy to hear him play because we played so many years together. But he has this song, you know, talking about going back, if I could go back in time. And, you know, I don't want to go back and relive anything that I went through necessarily. But if I could go back in time, I, would, I, I am thankful that God's love was dependable in the fact that I didn't understand everything that was going on in my life. Maybe you're, you know, going through something like I'm going through that has question marks, a job situation, a life change. I mean, the great state of Alabama is an awesome state. I mean, it's actually a beautiful state. And to move from Alabama to Texas, and there was so much opportunity in Alabama, but it was a part of God's plan. And in 2003, I really enjoyed traveling. I really enjoyed the ministry of going across this great country called America. And then all of a sudden, the Lord puts on the heart to, to pastor. But you know, when you trust the ultimate parent, which is God, and trust his love and seek his love and say, Lord, God, my life, teach me how the way you want me to go. Show me the path in which you want me to go. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, that reasonable, dependable, available, consistent, love will guide you into life's journeys if you'll allow it. Now, again, you can do your own reasoning. You can plan your own life and you can do it your way as the song says, I did it my way. Yes, you can do it your way. But I'm telling you, your way is not the best way. His way is the best way. So I'm asking you on this Valentine's Day, on this day of love, yes, thank God for the love we have for each other, especially in this beautiful thing called covenant marriage. However, there's a greater love here at stake, and that is the love that wants to lead your life onto a pathway of fullness, a pathway of completion, that your journey as a young person, in my case, brought me to where I am. I look back now and trusting the love of God, and I am so thankful for what happened in 83, 93, 2003. As a matter of fact, I'm just thinking about it. We basically uh, launched the desire to be in this building 10 years later in 2013. So yes, God's working in 10-year increments in my life, I guess. I don't know. My point with all that is you can depend on this love. And maybe it's not like your, your situation is not like mine, but I promise you if you'll seek first that father love, 
And let that love of God guide you. And let that love of God teach you. I promise you, it will lead you on a journey that's greater than you can imagine. Hey, the final thing is, God's love's available to you and I. Let's turn over here quickly to Romans chapter 5 and bring this sort of to a conclusion or or to this point. Romans chapter 5. Notice what it says here talking about the availability of the love of God. What do you mean by that, Pastor Brian? Well, first of all, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you as a believer. And it says right here in Romans chapter 5, notice what it says in verse 5. It says that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured forth in our hearts by who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's been given to you and I. And that's the love of God inside of us. And that leads us. I don't know about you, but the love of God is, is the, the Spirit of God wants to minister that to you. And if you'll allow that to happen and come into a real place of intimacy with God, you're not praying to God this way off in the heavens, which he is, I guess, physically he's in the heavens, but he's also on inside of you. As a matter of fact, 1 John 1, 9, when you fail and mess up, what does it say? 1 John 1, 9. What happens here to a believer when they make a mistake? For anybody that fails, what does it say in 1 John 1, 9? It says, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice what it says there, if we confess it. And when you confess your messing up, when you confess your faults, when you confess your failures and say, Father, I ask you to forgive me. I, I, you know, again, there's one thing to be in sin as far as perpetually practicing it. But there's another thing just to fall into a trap, to fall into a moment, to fall into just a situation that you didn't mean to fall into. And again, a lot of people uh, as a pastor ask me, Pastor Brian, what are the grounds of divorce? And I'm like, oh, please, I really would like for you to work it out as the best you can as far as, you know, until you get a divorce. But there are just two things that are platformed to me in this church and as far as a leader. Number one, if you have a spouse, this physically abusing you or, or, or doing something physically to harm you, then yes, there's that place of separation. And then number two, if you've got a spouse that just, you know, is with another person and they just will not, you know, repent, they will not renounce that relationship, they will not, you know, distance themselves from that relationship, then unfortunately you're going to have to, you know, move on and go from there. But again, anything else, you can work it out or endeavor to work it out. And again, that's just my counsel on that. And, and I know there's extreme situations, but, you know, those are primarily the two things. And I realize that verbal abuse is a terrible thing when it comes to a relationship. But if a person that's in verbal abuse in a relationship will go to the Lord and confess their sins, God is faithful through Jesus to forgive them of those words. And words are powerful. But there can be that release. There can be that forgiveness. And there can be that restoration. You know, again, even if there's physical things. Uh, again, uh, it, there's a lot of circumstances. And, and this was not in my notes at all. But I feel led to talk about that for just a moment. To ensure you that if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you. I mean, not every situation is reconcilable. Sometimes people just simply have to move on. God is, is not for divorce, but he's not for abuse either. You know what I mean? There was a lady that did our mortgage situation, and it was terrible. Her and her husband were in the latter years of their life. Well, I mean, not latter years, but they were moving on. They'd been married a long time, and she discovered that he had, you know, had a, had a relationship with another woman, and that he had taken all their money out of their accounts and uh, manipulated the, the situation financially and was giving it to this other woman. And it was so sad that all that they had built together was, you know, a point of, of beyond reconciliation and divorce. And uh, it's sad. 
sad, but that's just the way that happened because this person wouldn't confess their sins. They wouldn't make things right with God. However, I've seen people make things right with God. I've seen people own up and get to God's forgiveness. And as a matter of fact, let me show you how beautiful the love of God is as far as forgiveness. Over here in Psalms chapter 103, watch this, because there is a place where the love of God will take over. Now, again, some, some marriages and some relationships will not will not be reconciled, but some can if there's repentance. Everybody say repentance. Repentance is a very important part of a relationship. Not only do you repent to God, but you repent to each other. And uh, for men, sometimes the hardest words to say is, I'm sorry. But I'm telling you what, ladies, if a man will own up to it, you'll, you'll accept that and we can move on together. And by the way, coming together and, and, and apologizing to one another and to ma- reconciling to one another is the love of God in manifestation. And that love of God is available. You say, Pastor Brian, my spouse did this or they said this or they said that. I can understand all that. Please, no one's perfect. There's only one perfect person that walked the earth, and that was Jesus. Everyone else has to line itself up with life, and we have to go through life together. However, watch this when it comes to forgiveness, because I've also seen marriages or relationships. I've seen people live together in my own life, my Aunt Judy, bless her heart, she would not forgive my Uncle Jack for adultery. It's just That was a terrible thing. He was vice president of Oxford Shirts. I don't know if you've heard of that shirt company, but it's a great clothing company, and I wore a lot of their shirts, and I still buy their shirts because of him. He was vice president of that company, and he had a secretary that was just paid attention to him. That's all I can say. And my Aunt Judy was bitter. She was angry. She was frustrated. She was just a bitter lady. And he had an affair one time with this woman, which was his secretary. He immediately released her from the company. He made it right. He, he had this beautiful house. He moved from the top of the house to the bottom of the house and lived in a basement. We're talking about the vice president of a major corporation and, and just showed great humility, but she never forgave him. She would not forgive him. This were her words. I'll, I'll, I'll never, I'll, I'll, let's see, I may forget it, but I'll never forget it. And I used to hear her say that all the time. I'll never forgive you, but whatever that was, you know. I'll, anyway, never mind. She would just, it was just all that bitterness. I would hear that every single Saturday morning. I would answer the phone. She called. This is back before the days with cell phones and all that. He had a Watts line, and she would call my mother before my mother went down to her flower shop every Saturday morning around 8 o'clock and she would take an hour just to vent, 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 vent. And that bitterness is because she wouldn't forgive. But my Uncle Jack went to the Lord. He asked God to forgive him. God forgave him. I forgave him. We all forgave him. And he went on with his life. And you know, it's just sad when the other person refuses to forgive because look what God says about the situation in Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Check this out in verse number Uh, verse number eight. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding. Everybody say abounding. abounding. Abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. But look at verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Isn't that beautiful? And nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him and honor him. And my uncle did do that. I'll never forget sitting on the porch one time when he was visiting. I said, Uncle Jack, I said, I don't understand Aunt Judy and why she just is mad all the time and not really happy. I mean, he'd buy her anything she wanted, brand new cars, clothes. I mean, he, anything she wanted. And um, she was just never happy. But I I told him, I said, 
All I can say is, Uncle Jack, you're doing what's right, and you're doing the right thing, and if God's forgiven you, it's forgotten. And I love this. I'll never forget these words he said to me. He said, I know, I'm, I know I've been forgiven because the love of God is greater than my failure. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And I just want to leave you with that today. The love of God is greater than your failure. And my Uncle Jack realized that. And he stayed pure to the very end. Bless his heart. He's in heaven now. And, uh, but notice what it says here. This is so beautiful. Verse number 11. The heavens are high above the earth. So great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed our transgressions from us. As a father loves his children, the Lord loves us and understands who we are. That's the love of God that's available to you and I. And so, yes, maybe another person won't forgive you, but God will. Like the lady who turned to her son, who was an inmate, who was actually on death row, and uh, he was getting ready to um, uh, be executed. And uh, anyway, his parents visited him for the last time, and his dad uh, went to the cell and said these words to his son. He said, listen, I'll never forgive you, and you know what? You're about to die and very soon, and I'm not going to come back and ever see you again. You are not my son. I disown you, and goodbye. Anyway, he walked away, and the mother came to the, to the jail cell there, or to the, uh, to the bars there, and she looked at her son. She said, listen, your dad is hurt, and he doesn't understand the love of God, but I understand the love of God, and I want you to know that God has forgiven you, and God loves you, and your mother has forgiven you, and your mother loves you, and we will never leave you nor forsake you, and I'll be here right with you to the very end. Isn't that beautiful? And that man got off death row and get served his rest of his sentence uh, serving a life term and actually won a lot of people to Jesus Christ. You know how? Because the love of God through a parent extended by God's own hand of forgiveness. Yes, what he did was wrong. Yes, taking another human being is the wrong thing. And he served his penalty. My point with all that is, is notice what it says here. It says, as the high, heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy. That man made his life right with God. Dr. Billy Graham used to say it like this. He'd say, make peace with God. When you make peace with God, you'll have the peace of God. Let me say that one more time. When you make peace with God, you'll have the peace of God. It's also been said, don't run from God, run to him. So I want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through on this quote-unquote day of love, this day of Valentine's, maybe you said it in your heart, well, I'm just so lonely today, Pastor Brian. And I can understand that cold weather and sometimes isolation can make us feel lonely. Or you can be around... 25 people and still feel lonely. I want you to know the love of God is available to you right now through the power of the Holy Spirit to comfort you, to counsel you, and to direct your next steps. Maybe it's not like my journey, but I want you to know the love of God is so beautiful. Every single day of my life now, I play the drums every single day. I practice the drums every day. I don't know why. It's just uh, it's something I started when I, and, and again, it's, just, it's, the, it's the longest thing I've ever done as far as one thing. And I, I enjoy it every day, and I feel like I'm getting better. I told Sheila yesterday, I played a song from the 80s that uh, I could not figure the drum parts out because physically, it was technically wasn't that hard, but physically it was hard to play. And I played it Friday night, and I was like amazed I could play it proficiently. 
And you know, God just knows how to bring things back into your life. And when you give things to him, he gives it back to you. I'm sitting there playing this beautiful set of drums and, and surrounded by all these musician friends. The only thing that's happened bad musically in my life that all my musician friends died last year. But I can't explain that because a lot of them were, you know, smoking and doing things. I mean, they were smoking. I'm talking about cigarettes, not drugs necessarily. That, and it just, lung cancer caught up with them. Three of my best musician friends, because of that habit, uh, perished, all because they would not give that up. And my point with all that is, but God knows how to, to bring that back. What I dedicated my life to, I now dedicated to him. And when you give something to him, he'll give it back to you and actually give it back to you better. Because I was playing that song Friday night, even though I was practicing last night. When I was playing that song Friday night, I, I'm, there's just a synergy it's not, I can't explain, it's not magical or electrical, but when you, when you find the pocket, when you find the, the groove, or when you find that place in the song, or when you're listening to a song, and you're right with it, there, it's, just, it's just one of those awesome things musically. And so I want you to know, when you find that groove, when you find that place in God, there's a peace, there's a joy. And I want to pray with you today right now, regardless of your relationships with others, your most important relationship is your relationship with the Lord. So everybody here in our auditorium, so thankful for you being here as we close today. And we're so thankful for what we're able to present to you and the team that was able to present it and those that were here to help present it to you. But we want to pray with your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with Him, because if you'll make that strong relationship relationship with the Lord, I guarantee you other relationships will come together. You know, my Uncle Jack never really made peace with my Aunt Judy until after he died. What do you mean after he died? Yes, she finally reconciled after he died when she moved his house to Alabama. She found some things that he had written about his love for her and her bitterness. And he finally, she finally reconciled that out. And said, you know what? I mistreated that man. He made a mistake, but he walked away from that mistake. And I did the wrong thing. And you know, God's got a love letter right here. And if you'll just read, especially the New Testament, nothing wrong with the Old Testament, but reading the New Testament, I'm telling you, there's letters of love in there that it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you are. All I know is God wants to pick up right now and take you forward because his divine love is greater than anything. It fulfills any desire in your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much that you've given your life for us 2,000 years ago, and we remember that love. Father, thank you for giving your son Jesus. And so I pray for every person in this auditorium on this Valentine's Day that, yes, it started with a man many years ago that gave his very life in being persecuted as he ministered your love to others, especially ministering healing to others. So right now I speak healing right now over this airway, over this auditorium over those who are watching today and will be watching in the days ahead. Let the healing love of the Lord Jesus Christ come upon you right now. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And the Holy Spirit wants to minister that love. If you've not forgiven another person, it's time to be, forgive that other person and let that go. That's between them and the Lord. Let that forgiveness flow through you and flow out of you to them. You say, well, Pastor Brian, you don't know what they've done to me. I'm not debating what they did for you, did to you. I'm sure in the eyes of God, in the eyes of man, it was wrong. However, let God be the judge of that 
and you let that go. It, by letting it go, actually may let that person receive the forgiveness they truly need and the change in their life they need by you letting it go. Whatever that situation is, I want you to know you can trust in the love of God. As a matter of fact, I love what, what one minister said. We, learn how, we need to learn how to trust God's love for us. Not trusting our own ability, but trusting his love. Hey, thank you so much for being with us here at MetroplexFamilyChurch.com as well as all of our social media platforms. And again, we understand the weather, but regardless of the weather, regardless of the day, regardless of what time of years, what time of the year it is, I want you to know that even though I got a beautiful card from my wife Sheila, this love letter right here is even greater. Because if I learn to love this love letter, I can love her even greater and love you even greater because I've got the right perspective. So many people, so many people put their all into this relationship. Don't get me wrong. This is a beautiful relationship. I value this covenant. It's priceless to me. However, for me to be everything this covenant needs for me to be, is because I've got this letter inside of me. And this letter inside of me is what guides me. And I let the author of this book inside of me guide me on how to love Sheila, how to love my children, my family, and how to love you and believe the best for who we are. Hey, thank you for joining us today. We're going to dismiss this service and send you off and you be safe. Don't go out there and do anything you're not supposed to do. But if you want to go snow sledding or snowboarding or whatever, you go for it. But you be safe. And we are looking forward to seeing you soon. And Jesus is Lord. And call us or contact us if you need anything about any, any area, especially those you may be needing something and physically, we are here to minister to you. Contact us at MetroplexFamilyChurch.com. Thank you and God bless you.